Welcome, everybody. Thank you for listening to Bracketology. We are here with episode three. This is the uh, the matchups for round two. We've had all of round one done, and we are down to round two. We're getting some of our movies that have buys in the first round, uh, which were movies, the nine movies that had the top nine gross income. So these are some of the, the heavy hitters we have coming up in round two. So our matchups, we're going to get to our matchups in a second. But I have some friends with me today, and uh, I'll let you guys introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Cassidy. I am the uh, high school girls leader at Apex, and um, I have the best group. I'm biased, but <laughs> I, I think they're I think we're the best. Just like black team should have won for our or our all nighter. <laughs> Never let it go. You did well, you did well. Hey guys, I'm Derek, uh, leader of the um, senior high guys small group. Yeah, and you know AVL team. Yeah, let's go. That's right. Let's uh, represent the nerds. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You got a lot of weight on your shoulders representing a large group. Um, we are excited today for round two. We have some really great matchups. Um, let me just read our matchups before we even get into it. Yeah. Round two, we had um, some of these are dependent on the winners from round one, uh, round one north, actually. So these are our matchups today. Round two is Age of Ultron versus Doctor Strange, Captain Marvel versus Black Panther. Spider-Man Far From Home versus Thor Ragnarok and Thor versus Avengers Endgame. Yeah. Um, I have, yeah, that is a rough matchup. I have a lot of notes about Endgame. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about that one. But let's start at the beginning. The first matchup for round two is Age of Ultron versus Doctor Strange. So let's hit Avengers Age of Ultron first. I'm going to read a little storyline and then we can go into um, our, you know, likes, dislikes, advantages and disadvantages for um, for Avengers Age of Ultron. Tony Stark creates the Ultron program to protect the world. But when the peacekeeping program becomes hostile, the Avengers go into action to try and defeat a, a virtually impossible enemy together. Earth's mightiest heroes must come together once again to protect the world from global extinction. That is a very vague. <laughs> Some of these storylines are more descriptive than others. We get uh, very little in that one, but uh, short and sweet. So, Derek, what uh, are your impressions? Do you remember much of Age of Ultron? This is kind of an old one. I do. Um, I love the fact that I think the opening scene or one of the opening scenes is them just running through the forest, uh, mm. going to Van Strucker's fortress or whatever that he's got. And I just mm -hmm. like how, you know, in the first Avengers, um, there was a lot of struggle for the teamwork. But now yeah, that's like, true. They're, they've been together for a while. You know, they know sure. their weaknesses. They know their strengths. You know what I mean? So they're just, you know, they're just running through and they're just kicking some butt. And they're, they're working together as a team. And I just, I yeah. just love that. Yeah, that's a great observation. We have um, a lot of... We have a lot of people in this movie. Like we have, like some people become official av Avengers, like yeah. uh, Rhodey, Falcon, Vision, and Wanda. By the end, they're all you know these this new wave of Avengers. So that's it's definitely a big deal. How about you, Cassidy? What do you what are your thoughts on uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron? Well, I always liked all of the Avengers movies just because they're always so they're like super entertaining. Like if even if yeah. you're not into like superhero stuff or like that type of thing you will enjoy watching one of those movies i think yeah I agree. um so not like not that i'm super knowledgeable on this type of stuff but i enjoy watching all the avengers movies i always really like the like action i think it's fun when all of the characters kind of get to be together yeah great so um age of ultron is unique i love um 
Ultron's voice actor, like James Spader. So, like Robert California from The Office. Yeah. I just love that man. He brings such a fun vibe. Um, Claw. I can't remember his first name, but he's that guy. I think he's missing an arm or a hand or something. His name's Claw. He has really great facial hair. You'd know him if you saw him. He's one of the best villains in the whole MCU, at least for humans go. Um, so Claw's amazing. Ultron is where we get the Hulkbuster suit for the first time. Yes. So that's kind yeah. of a, a memorable time. I remember seeing the Hulkbuster toy in, in like a toy aisle before I'd seen the movie. And I was like, what on earth is happening in that franchise? <laughs> but now that I've seen it all, you know, it makes much more sense. Go ahead, Derek. You're going to say something. I was going to say, like, you, you get to see a lot of like Hulk versus different people fighting. But yeah. that is yeah, just yeah. so unique how, you know, like that suit was created. Um, yeah. And you see it in the future as well. But it was created mm-hmm. just in case the Hulk, like something ever happened to the Hulk and you see like Thor yeah. versus Hulk you see I don't know what are some other Thor versus or Hulk versus matchups I know he gets you know it's uh, Tony Stark in the the Hulk buster I, I that's the scene that's playing in my mind yeah but. it's just really cool to see you know Tony and Iron like the Iron suit go up against the Hulk the last note I have on this movie is from a post-credit scene so uh Cassidy I'm gonna throw it to you if you could tell us what in Age of Ultron what kind of post-credit or mid-credit scenes do we have in that one so it says in a mid-credit scene Thanos growing tired with his with the lack of progress in his crusade to obtain the Infinity Stones dons an Infinity Gauntlet and vows to personally seek out the stones this is a huge deal (laughs) for the franchise we have Thanos saying I'm tired of Ronan screwing things up and uh, we get the gauntlet and I think a lot of um, this is a moment for a lot of the comic book nerds that are like really excited to see the gauntlet and see the the, what they know is coming finally progress so I don't know were you guys like that did you kind of have a background and know what the gauntlet was going to mean not i see for me i was i was always more of like uh i'm gonna go see this because i know it's gonna be entertaining yeah me too. and so my brother is the the one who's like oh i i know the backstories i know that this that so he would give me the history yeah. like either right before or right after the movie and like mm-hmm. sometimes we'll sit and talk about like more details and stuff but for me, it was always just kind of entertainment. But I do like that they put those credits and, like, those little scenes in because it's, like, a hook for your next movie. Definitely, yeah. And it gets you super excited because, like I said, regardless if you are into it or not, those are still really fun to watch. So then it's a way to get you to it's, keep coming back and seeing them. It's like a little cliffhanger. Like, yeah. you want to yeah. know, like, each of these movies have, like, a little foreshadowing in there and just another little cliffhanger be like "Ooh, when's the next one coming out i gotta go see that that's one of my favorite things about the mcu in general is just the way that they overlap um so like i mean obviously the avengers movie has a lot of overlap but when we get into these other ones i'm gonna i always write down when i see other people a nick fury is one that's a thread that's kind of in all of the movies and, and ties everything together i just love it so much so age of ultron is um like I said, this is one of the heavy hitters. This is one of the ones that got a buy in the round in the first round. But um, one that survived the first round is Doctor Strange. Um, this is a huge favorite. A lot of people love Doctor Strange. I'm going to read the storyline for that one. Marvel's Doctor Strange follows the story of the talented neurosurgeon Doctor Stephen Strange, who, after a tragic car accident, must put ego aside and learn the secrets of a hidden world of mysticism and alternate dimensions. Based in New York City's Greenwich Village, Doctor Strange must act as an intermediary between the real world and what lies beyond, utilizing a vast array of metaphysical abilities and artifacts to protect the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That is Doctor Strange. Uh, one of the big things that 
uh, Dave mentioned when we got to Doctor Strange was the way that they introduced magic into the MCU. It was like we had all this science going on and even some stuff with Thor where we have like uh, history and, and it's like this it's like a whole nother level to add this magic stuff yeah. on top of it with Doctor Strange. So I like the line now we're getting like I like the line from Thor. Um and we'll get into it a little bit more later, I'm guessing. But like yeah. Asgard is a place where like science and magic coexist. Mm. Like Interesting, this, I don't remember that. Um this is like that tying together. You know what I mean? Yeah. We we've had a lot of science like you were saying, but like this is magic and now it's like it's all coexisting now and you get to see yeah. it come together. We talked about Dr. Strange in the round one episode. So people know my thoughts, but um, Derek, do you have anything else on Dr. Strange? I mean, I'm just a huge fan of the Cape of levitation. Like, yeah, that's it, great. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just like in my mind when I see the Cape show up and like just yanking Dr. Strange across the room, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's just so great. Like, don't go over there. Don't this way. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> it's very a uh, magic carpet from Aladdin. <laughs> How about you, Cassidy? Anything on Doctor Strange? So that is one of the ones that I have not seen. Oh, okay. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. This is the first of the Doctor Strange movies, right? Correct. Like this was the first one. Okay. So my thought on that would be most of the time that the downfall of someone's like the first movie of a character is that they have to set the storyline first. Yeah. Like they have to bring. They have to give you the history. They have to give you the background. Sometimes that can almost be. I think could be a downfall in a movie just because yeah. they they're gonna take like fifty minutes to just set up who this person is. Yes. So I mean I haven't seen it, so maybe they did a really good job at doing that. But I do notice that sometimes that's why I get a little like I don't I te- that's why I tend to go towards more of the Avengers movies than I do the individual movies because there's so much like building that happens and I'm like no I yeah. just want to get to the point yeah I think we get that in Captain America and in Thor and some of the older ones uh, Incredible Hulk definitely but I think this one might be different yeah. I was gonna say I'm a huge fan of the backstory you know what I mean the backstory yeah. is like sure we've got Avengers we've got Endgame we've got Infinity War those movies would yeah they'd be great but they'd be nothing without that foundation that was beautifully set yeah. And created this entire universe. You've got you Captain America, Iron Man, uh, Doctor Strange, Thor. You've got all these foundations that were created, and without that, like you've got nothing to stand on. So yeah, I understand storyline. I I I understand that. Yeah, the background is important, but uh, I think that um some of the movies are just. They, they struggle with it, especially the early ones. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And what one of the advantages Dr. Strange has is that it's in phase three. Like we've already had a ton of movies come out. Yeah. Um, so we have the universes developed, but this particular character, um, not so much. Yeah. Um, we talked about it, like, like I said, in the past episodes, but uh, some of the things that I think are, are noteworthy, um, the Dormammu, who is like the non-human bad guy of Dr. Strange um, is like, Seems really, really powerful, but then Doctor Strange defeats him pretty quickly. Um, so that's something that I think is interesting. It's weird because he's—I think he's known as like the destroyer of worlds or the consumer right. of worlds. He's just supposed to be going around the galaxy eating planets, pretty much. <laughs> yes, yes. And so Doctor Strange, like, he traps him in a moment, if I'm mistaken. So he uses time to, and he 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 kills Doctor Strange over and over again, and then finally he just gives up. Doctor Mo- or uh, Dormammu is just like, well, all right, guess I can't do anything. <laughs> I mean, when you have all this power, like, why why make such a big fight out of it when yeah. you just go to another world? 
You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. Who knows? Um, another thing that I think is noteworthy is, um, well, we don't need to talk about the post credit scenes. I don't think maybe we should, we probably should, but, um, we'll go there next, but just the way that it sets up a sequel that we have not had yet. Yeah. Um, one that is in the works, um, uh, the multiverse of madness. That's the name of the sequel supposed to be coming out soonish. Not, I don't know. Soon is, is relative for Marvel, but, <laughs> um, but it's definitely, uh, Cassidy, she'll read the, um, the post credits and it really sets them up nice. Uh, it says in a cut down scene from Thor Ragnarok, Dr. Strange asks Thor why he brought Loki to earth, discovering that they are searching for Odin. Uh, Strange offers to help on the condition that the three re- return to Asgard once the mission is completed. And then there's another one that says, um, Carl Mordo confronts Jonathan Pangborn and takes away his magic, explaining that he is doing that he is doing so because there are too many sorcerers in the earth. So that first one, it's it's Doctor Strange sets up Thor Ragnarok, right. which we're going to talk about later. Yeah. Um, and then that second one is the one that really looks like a sequel's coming, but we just haven't got it yet. So hopefully we have that soon. All right. So we've got. Age of Ultron versus Doctor Strange. Derek, if you were faced with that Instagram poll right now, where would your allegiance lie? Avengers Age of Ultron, who got a, a round one bye, or Doctor Strange, who pulled out victorious in round one? I'd have to go Doctor Strange, hands down. All right, how about you, Cassidy? See, I'm going to have to go Avengers Age of Ultron just because I haven't seen Doctor Strange. I don't have enough sure. of an opinion on it. So yeah. Well, the Avengers, I think, are always going to have an upper hand because they're they're the Avengers. You know, like some people have only seen the Avengers movies. So um, I think, oh, this is one where before I did my research, I was thinking Doctor Strange. Um, but now that I saw you know, reminded of how Age of Age, Age of Ultron plays out. I think I'm no, I'm staying. Doctor Strange, that's the one. Doctor Strange. I was so ready to diss Derek and be like, ooh, <laughs> and then you just ooh. you were like, nah, never mind. That is a tough one. Yeah, I said in the last podcast, I need to rewatch Doctor Strange. I think to to appreciate it a little more as well. So I think your answer for this one is really wherever your thumb is closest to on the poll because. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Okay, next matchup of round two, we have Captain Marvel versus Black Panther. Now, this is one of the matchups that was they both had a first round bye. So, Captain Marvel versus Black Panther. Um, one of the reasons, I, I don't know. We'll talk about it. I don't know that Captain Marvel is quite on par with Black Panther. I'm giving my pick away, but Captain Marvel, the way it came out in the timeline, um, people need, they, they watched it between infinity war and Endgame. So I, I mean, it could have been any movie and I would have gone to see it <laughs> as long as I knew it was going to have some sort of tie into the, to infinity Endgame. I think they put it in there purposefully Yeah, because at the end of infinity war, you have that call right, right. going out really great tie in. And like, I think it would have been just, wrong to put it anywhere else yeah we're getting ahead of ourselves because we're already talking about (laughs) post-credit stuff and other movies but let's go to captain marvel i'm gonna read you the storyline after crashing an experimental aircraft air force pilot carol danvers is discovered by the kree and trained as a member of the elite star force military under the command of her mentor yon rog Six years later, after escaping to Earth while under attack by the Skrulls, Danvers begins to discover there's more to her past. With help from S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Nick Fury, they set out to unravel the truth. Unraveling the truth in Captain Marvel. Cassidy, did you, uh, do you have any thoughts, likes, advantages, disadvantages to Captain Marvel? Yes, I think it was wonderful. 
Like I, yeah. I absolutely love that movie. I, I left the theater when I saw that, feeling like I had her power. Like, yeah, yeah. I think, I think as a, like a female watching something like absolutely. that, it was just so empowering because we don't get a lot of that as far as yeah. what I've seen. Like, there's not a lot. There are some really awesome like women in comics and superheroes and all of that stuff, but she really just I feel like she blew everything out of the water I don't know if it was just the excitement of her movie or what and and I kind of go back to what I said before about setting the stage in your first movie as a single character yeah that Mm -hmm. that movie did a really good job I would agree with that yeah there was not a point where I was like okay this is dragging I wasn't sick of it I was very engaged because her storyline is so interesting and I and it is one of those things where you needed to understand everything that happened to really understand the character yeah so i i loved it i think it helps that you know you you're kind of like walking right beside her in discovering her own that's really good Mm. she doesn't even know what her story is and here we are turning her story right next to her so it's got it's not like they know their story and all that kind of stuff and you're just trying to figure out who they are and all that but yeah literally walking right beside them learning it's a really great point that's a great mechanic for the way the movie was laid out yeah how about you Derek any any thoughts on Captain Marvel I I love that Coulson was there like I'm a huge fan of Coulson really that's a weird that's a not a hot take but it's a he's a little character you <laughs> I'm know very sad that he died in Avengers like that was yeah. oh man that was moving I like the twist that's thrown mm-hmm. in as well you yeah know, you kind of know the Kree from guardians right but you really discover like more about the kree and who they really are in this movie yeah it's it's nice to i love the way that we get you know in the same way we get science and magic and these weird crossovers we also get a lot of earth we get asgard we get the guardians who are all over the place and now we get um more of that the Krees and the Kree and the scrolls and and just yeah yeah yeah, i like to i like that perspective um i love old nick fury or young nick fury i guess is what i mean (laughs) um that's fun. Um, do you remember in the commercials for um, for Captain Marvel, she gets on a bus, I believe, and then punches an old lady? Do you remember that? <laughs> I will never forget when that movie was coming out, and people—I mean, everyone else in the world seemed to know what it was about. I didn't when I was learning. Like, oh yeah, no. What is she doing, punching an old woman? Yeah. Uh, but then I, you know, got the idea of what the scrolls do and how that played out. But. I completely yeah. forgot about that until you brought it yeah. up. I remember seeing that, and I was like. Oh my gosh, how heartless. Like, I, I was very confused. And, you know, yeah. I think that that could be something where it could turn somebody away from wanting to watch it. Sure, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you you have to know what, what it is, obviously. And I, I didn't know what it was until after I watched the yeah, movie, you know? Definitely. It's true. <laughs> I, I wonder how many people were like, I need to figure out what that is. That <laughs> you know, too. Why did that? They Googled, why did she punch an old woman? <laughs> and then, you know, got an education. <laughs> Top Google search for 2019. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Derek, you, you talked about the swerves in this movie. Um, and uh, Lawson being Cree was a good swerve. You know, uh, Carol Danvers, like mentor. Um, also, if I'm not mistaken, the scrolls being a good guy, like just being refugees, that's not comic books. Is that correct? I can't speak to that. I, I'm okay. If not I'm under the impression that in the in the comic books the scrolls were bad guys. Okay. And uh, and so when this movie came out, it was it was 
you know, it was a swerve even for the comic book people, which, um, you know, they only get here and there because they pretty much know how it shakes out. So um, that was good. The only other thing that I really wanted to talk about was Goose, which I'm just, what a great character. <laughs> um, I can't remember what the species is. Flurkin. Yes. I always want to say Flonkerton, <laughs> which is um, which is an office reference, or Futterwacken, which is a Alice in Wonderland reference. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. That is, yes, a Flurkin. That's so good. Okay. Yeah, okay. Flurkin, yes, yes. Um, yeah. He swallows the Tesseract. He scratches out Nick Fury's eye. Really important. <laughs> I like how, like, Colson asked, at the end, you know, Colson asked about how the eye really happened. You know, something about torture, yeah, yeah, tree or scrolls or something like that. No, <laughs> just, a, just a cat flirting thing. A cat. <laughs> <laughs> My last note for Captain Marvel is Marvel OP, and we'll talk about that again in Endgame. She is just so powerful. Um, I believe I wrote that because I was seeing a, a post credit scene. So Cassidy. Um, what do you got there for post-credits? So I've got a mid-credit scene foreshadowing mm-hmm. um, Avengers Endgame. Steve Rogers, Natasha Romanoff, and James Rhodes are speaking with Bruce Banner about the transmitter pager when Captain Marvel appears and demands that they tell her where Nick, Nick Fury is. That is correct. And that sets up her just being an incredible hero for Endgame. And then we've got another, like, little smaller one that says, Inside Nick Fury's office, Goose jumps onto his desk and following several attempts regurgitates the Tesseract. (laughs) That's right. I love how casually they treat the Tesseract in that movie. Just like a cat just eats it and that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, I I really do appreciate, like, the girl power of Captain Marvel. And it's just, it's going to go down in history for that reason. Absolutely. Um, However, it's unfortunately against one of my all-time favorite MCU movies. Black Panther is what we're talking about next. Um, so I'm going to read the storyline for Black Panther, and then we'll um, we'll talk about it a little bit. All right. After the events of Captain America's Civil War, Prince T'Challa returns home to the reclusive, technologically advanced African nation of Wakanda to serve as his country's new king. However... T'Challa soon finds that he is challenged for the throne from factions within his own country. When two foes conspire to destroy Wakanda, the hero known as Black Panther must team up with the CIA CIA agent Everett K. Ross and members of the Dora Malage, Dora Malage, I don't know, something like that, the Wakandan Special Forces, to prevent Wakanda from being dragged into a world war. So we've got Black Panther, one of the best in my opinion. Cassidy, do you have any thoughts on Black Panther? So again, don't come for me. <laughs> I didn't see it. Oh no. I know, and here's the thing about it. I've been I've seen bits and pieces of it and I know I just know a little bit about it because Twitter and like social media blew up about this movie. Yeah. I feel like I'm already a fan of it just because yeah. of the hype that it got and like I don't know, I feel like there was a lot of like unity around the movie like it just seemed to bring a lot of people together and it almost was like kind of peaceful because so many people were loving on it and so it it totally makes me want to see it super bad but I'm just you know kind of lazy and behind on the times I need to get with it and see this movie because I know it's going to be good that's the thing and I guarantee you if I had seen it I would struggle with this yeah for sure like I already know that it's that good that I would struggle so that tells you a lot about like just what people have said about this movie 
It's like, I just yeah. feel like that speaks for itself. Well, it's on Disney plus. So you gotta, oh, you know, great. You, that's one of the ones you gotta watch quick. Um, I think in the same way, Captain Marvel was kind of a, like that girl power movie, mm. black Panther, you know, it got a lot of that inter- internet buzz because it was a, a empowerment movie for people of color. Yep. Um, cause they don't often have representation in, in comic books the same way women don't. So, uh, another historical movie for that reason. Yep. So Derek, how about you? Any thoughts on black Panther? I, I think it was a very well done movie. You know, I mean, they did yeah. a great job with it. Great storyline, you know, some great fight scenes. Yes. I'm not, I can say it's not my favorite movie. I think it was very sure. well done. Good storyline, all that kind of stuff, but it's, it's not my favorite. Oh man. So. All right. Well, it's one of my favorites. Um, I, and then one of the reasons I, I know is I remember it way better than I remember some of the other ones. Um, Avengers Age of Ultron, for instance, as like one that I'm like, I, I remember the bad guy and kind of the, the, you know, like how we got that bad guy, but that's about it. But Black Panther, I remember pretty clearly. Um, we have Claw again, so it was one of my favorite bad guys. Um, these lady warriors are incredible. Shuri is awesome. That, um, her tech stuff is great. I love Mbaku, um, who starts out as a bad guy and, you know, ends up being support for um, T'Challa. Yep. Killmonger, in my opinion, and I've heard some controversy on that, but Killmonger, I think, is one of the best villains in the whole MCU. Um, so it's a it's a shame he only gets one movie, but um, he is great. And what's his name? Michael B. Jordan playing him, incredible. Love that. So I I did notice something like when they were I don't know if it was just when they were filming it, but like in the beginning when you first meet him, like I don't know if it's camera angles or something, it just felt like he was smaller mm. but then as the okay. movie went on he just looked like he was getting bigger and bigger you know what i mean interesting and more dangerous like i think he's probably i mean with the the flower stuff in the power in him you know what i mean i think he's yeah. probably one of the most dangerous because of yeah. his sure training because of his skills but i just like i i don't know if that was a thing that they tried to do but maybe that was just me i felt like he was just real small you know, at the beginning, Interesting. as time went on, he just became bigger. Like I don't camera angles, all that fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the things I loved about Killmonger is his legitimacy. Like, mm-hmm. like his claim to the throne is real. Yeah. Like he can yeah. challenge and he won. It's like all fair and square pretty much. Yeah. Um, he, he, you know, then when he gets his power, he starts to, you know, kind of reveal his evil plans, which I won't give away. Um, but they are because, you know, Cassidy hasn't seen it yet, but she's going to watch it right after this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they are like, again, this is a, a big empowerment movie and, and the themes yeah. of like um, of racial inequality and just like the suffering of people of color. Really, really important to this movie. So really great. Um, we talked about something yesterday that I think runs through a lot of these movies. And it's just the theme of knockoffs and how like we have often. Um, the bad guy is trying to replicate the good guy's powers or um, or the suit. You know, for Iron Man, we have um, Captain America, not Captain America, uh, Incredible Hulk, where he's like injecting with this. He's trying to get the same powers that Hulk has over and over again. A uh, Doctor Strange too. We have the the Wizard on Wizard action over and over again. It's like these people that are trying to um, use the same technology or powers against each other. And so we have that here with um, Killmonger as well, who gets his own black panther suit and we have this um the, the one thing a weakness of this movie in my opinion i wasn't a huge fan of the like the big fight between the two at the end um we have like two layers of fight where they fight individually but also their like armies are fighting yeah. and that top one is great but they their fight i wasn't a huge fan of i think it was i think it was kind of cool how t'challa i think his name right yeah um 
he kind of used, it wasn't just his powers, but he also used his environment. You know what I mean? He yeah. used that train. He, he knew yeah. what was going on. He knew that it would power down the suit and it, he would be completely exposed. But he took that risk, used Definitely. his environment. It's not just about muscle and power, but it's really about your knowledge as well. One of the other great things about Black Panther is his like honor. Like um, Captain America is seen as like the most honorable Avenger, but I think Black Panther is really great at that too. Um, he he often is choosing you know the the integrity choice, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, one of my last note here is about the end credits. So Cassidy, what do you got there for post credit scenes for Black Panther? Um, I've got I don't know how to say this. T'Challa. 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 Okay. Yeah. Uh, travels to the Vienna International Center with Nakia. Oh, geez, these names are rough. Yeah, they're rough, yep. Um, oh, whoa. O-K-O-Y-E? Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and A-O, I, I don't know. <laughs> to speak before the United Nations, stating that Wakanda will open its borders and util- utilize its resources to help the wider world. And it's similar to what Killmonger was wanted to, wanting to do. Yes, yeah. got it. Plays out. And then there's another one that says, foreshadowing Avengers Infinity War, Shuri visits uh, visits Bucky Barnes, we're just going to skip this word, who, <laughs> who has awoken from cryostasis and tells him he has much to learn. Yes, that's right. The, the scene with Bucky, that's the one I had in my notes. Because um, we have those... Those overlaps are cool. And uh, Agent Ross is another one of those overlaps. So it's it's cool to see him there. And I believe so. I, mean, I could be wrong on that. But Bucky being there at the end and we, we find where he has gone. Super cool. So, all right. Captain Marvel, Black Panther. Um, I, I don't know what this one's going to look like for you guys. But I, I'm going Black Panther, absolutely. So, Derek, how about you? What are you doing? He's going to add my ta- hot take and go Captain Marvel. All right. I wonder, I don't know if, I think I'm going to be outnumbered. Cassidy, how about you? Yeah, I have to go with Captain Marvel. Makes sense. I wonder that my, if my opinion would change if I had seen sure. Black Panther, yeah. but mm-hmm. I don't know. I have a really, really strong love for Captain Marvel. And you should. Yeah. This, the vote for this one isn't up yet. So make sure you see Black Panther before you vote and then I'll give him a fair shake. All right. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> I'm outnumbered here. I theorize that Black Panther will win it. So um, I don't know. I kind of agree with you. I know there's a lot of people who like Black Panther. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think I'm in the the rare number of people who would take Captain Marvel. I think it's a very good matchup. You know, and very even. Yeah. yeah, it is. Um, Very even matchup. Yeah, I'm excited for it. All right, we got a third matchup coming at you. Spider-Man Far From Home versus Thor Ragnarok. Now, Far From Home is one of the ones that got a buy in round one. Thor Ragnarok survived round one, defeating Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which um, our panel unanimously had volume two to go over Ragnarok, but we lost. Um, So Thor Ragnarok and Spider-Man Far From Home. I'm going to read the... um, the, the storyline for Spider-Man Far From Home. This is also another one of the ones that came out. Um, I don't, was it? It was after Endgame even, right? Yeah, this is like way after. Um, so we, we pick up in the, the aftermath of Endgame. So. Our friendly neighborhood superhero decides to join his best friends Ned, MJ, and the rest of the gang on a European vacation. However, Peter's plan to leave superheroics behind for a few weeks are quickly scrapped when he begrudgingly agrees to help Nick Fury uncover the mystery of several elemental creature attacks, creating havoc across the continent. That is Spider-Man Far From Home. All right, Derek, do you have any thoughts on Spider-Man Far From Home? I don't. Uh, I have not seen 
Oh no! If I'm not mistaken, like Sony still owns Spider-Man, right? The way I understand it, um, Marvel was given these two movies, and they had to make a certain amount of money or something in order to keep the rights from Sony. Um, and they did not; they didn't reach that that whatever it was. Oh. But the way I understand it, Sony like there was a backlash when when Spider-Man went back to Sony. I think that the, the internet exploded. Yeah. And if I'm understanding correctly, Sony forfeited and just said, you know, okay. <laughs> just to keep the fans happy, Marvel can have Spider-Man. And I think that's good, you know what I mean? Like like being yeah. able to have continuity between everything. And that's like that's one reason why I haven't seen it. I I don't go out to the theaters much, you know what I mean? I wait yeah. for it to go to Disney Plus and yeah. Spider-Mans aren't on Disney Plus. Oh really? No. Um and that's one reason why I haven't watched them yet cuz they're, they're yeah. not in there. Um there was a a lot of like with Netflix, like half of them were on Netflix and then yeah. they casually were like getting moved over to, um, to Disney plus. So it took a while, but all right. How about you, Cassidy, anything on Spider-Man far from home? So I also did not see Spider-Man far from home. Oh yeah. Um, Bunch of I know, right. <laughs> I like call myself a fan and then I don't watch. It's just like, you know, I'm going to get judged so hard. It's okay. It's true. <laughs> no, I really, I really will. I really will, but it's okay. I think the thing that I struggle with with Spider-Man is the fact that there were so many different people. Yeah. And it mm-hmm. is just, it's confusing, especially because I feel like I kind of represent a lot of people who really enjoy watching Marvel movies, but they're, they don't know, like, I don't know everything, and, yeah. I, and I don't have all of the background. So I am... Definitely. There's a huge population of people that are kind of like the the pop in and out type fans watch the really big movies so it makes it like like how Derek said you need to have like that continuity between everything and it it got super confusing for me because I've seen all of the other Spider-Mans yeah yeah but Mm -hmm. I don't like I just don't know where the connection lies between that and this I don't know if there is a connection oh there is there is okay so that that's exactly very confusing it is confusing because I'm like okay well what's the real Spider-Man right yeah so do you because you've seen it would you say that this is uh, the the best representation of a Spider-Man? So w- one of the reasons it's it's complicated is because comic books are they just do that. They just like r- the different authors will take up different heroes at different times, and they'll just write new stories. Um, so have you seen Into the Spider Verse yet? Is that newer? Oh, a couple of years now. It was the animated one. Um, we watched it at the, at the pool party. I wasn't at the pool party. Okay. Well, it's it's. <laughs> One of the things I liked about it was it explained to me how comics work in that yeah. it, we had all these different Spider-Men variations that interacted because um, huh. they're in these different – the multiverses uh, or the multiverse. So that's really – it's complicated and nerdy. But um, in my opinion, the MCU Spider-Man is the best. Um, Sam has a lot of attachment to the Tobey Maguire um, Spider-Man. That's kind of what we talked about yesterday. We talked about Homecoming. I really like Tom Holland as like just a person and an, and an actor. Yeah. And from what I've seen in, he's in Avengers Endgame, right? Yes. Yeah. So I really love his character and the way yeah. that he plays it. It It is kind of, again, like I said, super confusing, but I think he is a good fit for what they were trying to make him. Definitely. From what I understood. Just from what I've seen of Spider-Man in the Tom Holland Spider-Man in the mm-hmm. like Civil War and Endgame and Infinity War. I think he does fit. Not only does he fit the part the best. I don't. I don't think the other two really fit the part the best. Yeah. Um. But I also think he he plays the part the best. Yeah. The storyline and all that kind of stuff. I think it's. I talk about multiverse and all that kind of stuff. Multiple different Spider-Man. But I think his 
like fits the best to where Spider-Man is really supposed to be. I think for me, he was also the most relatable. Definitely. Because he was like the most humanized, one of the most humanized out of all of them. Because like, especially that, I think because he was a newer actor Mm -hmm. playing this character, um, it's not something that like people were so used to where like, with a lot of the other characters, we've seen them for so long that we kind of have this idolized idea of like who they sure. are. But when I when I look at the like new Tom Holland Spider Man, I'm like, no, he's like young and relatable and yeah. like normal in a way. Like he's just a kid. I love the way the MCU like sprinkles in new characters. I love the way that they like space that out. And they had to do the work at the beginning to make this team, but then they added Spider-Man at the end or uh, at Civil War. I just, I think they do a really good job. Um, I don't know. Again, I don't want to like spoil anything. I believe everything I'm going to say is, you know, not necessarily a spoiler. Um, But Mysterio is, is this hero presents himself as a hero. And um, eventually you kind of, ask some questions there at the end. Well, by that, I mean, he becomes a villain. Um, but Jake Gyllenhaal plays that guy. I think just Gyllenhaal has a face you can trust. So like, I love the way that they, they just had this guy who looks like a good guy make that turn. I thought it was very, very good. Um, I forgot that this movie picked up basically right after Endgame, And, um, and like, so, uh, Peter Parker's school is like making arrangements on how to deal with these people who just like, undusted <laughs> came back it's very complicated the world is very complicated at that point undusted yeah <laughs> um so the undusting is one of the things that you, it's hard to wrap your mind around definitely mm. and i think they do a good job of cleaning that up i think they do okay at like like kind of putting the pieces back together and what exactly that's going to look is like that, so is that um, up in far from home um, some of it is, you know, like they, they say, you know, when they're, that their classmates came back and they had not aged the five years, you know, and, and it's just, and they, they just start to deal with the, some of the complexities of that. So I really enjoyed the way that they didn't shy away from it. So, um, the premise again is that, uh, Spider-Man's trying to get away from her- heroicism for a little while. He's like, I'm tired. I just want to go on vacation. And, uh, you know, the, the chaos kind of follows him as he interacts with Mysterio and with uh, Nick Fury. It's just really, really great. Um, I can't, I got I pretty much everything in my um, notes here. I think we've covered um, a couple. So there was one, one sequence um, where, you know, Mysterio has these powers of like um, creating things like illusions, basically just things that aren't there. And there is a sequence where they fight and he just throws Spider-Man into this like sequence of illusions, such an incredible scene visually. Um, and then Spider-Man gets hit by a train and survives. And I'm like, Oh, I just, I, I don't like that. Um, he should be dead. <laughs> you know, and I, I just, I, I mean, I guess it's probably just his spider, you know, his strong bones or whatever. I don't know how that works, but, um, you know, that was a little, I get frustrated with stuff like yeah, that. Me too. Like when, when a movie, like it's one thing when it's a superhero movie, yeah. because there's things that don't make sense, but like when it really just doesn't match up with like what you just I would expect yep. sometimes I'm like that's just too far-fetched yep. for me definitely so uh we talked a lot about this movie so what do we got for the post-credit scenes of Spider-Man Far From Home so we it says um Peter Parker and Michelle Jones finished their date as Pat Kier- Kiernan presents a breaking news bulletin to Parker's horror the Daily Bugle editor J. Jonah oh, yeah. Jameson well that's a tongue twister <laughs> <laughs> releases footage leaked by the late Quentin Beck 
in which Beck suggests that Spider-Man murdered him to keep all the credit for stopping all the Elemental's attacks, and orders the de- the deaths of many others. After which he reveals to the world that Parker is Spider-Man. Such a huge cliffhanger. That sounds really intense because nobody like from what I understand of Spider-Man, nobody's supposed to know yeah. who he is. He's got two movies well of his own, and then at the end, it's all spoiled. So, wow. and not only do they give his identity, but they, he frames him for, you know, for murdering this good guy. So I don't know what that next movie is going to look like, but it's, wow. it's definitely a big one. There's also, so that's big in the Spider-Man realm, but the next credit scene, if I, if I'm remembering correctly, is huge. Yeah, there is another. It says, um, Nick Fury and Maria Hill are revealed to be Talos, Talos, yeah. Tal- I don't know. and Soren in disguise at Soren's urging, Talos, Talos connects the real Fury, who is commanding a ship crewed by scrolls, and informs him of the unexpected complications they face in their mission to stop the Elementals. Yeah, Derek's got some big eyes there. Um, oh. That's kind of a big deal. Wow. <laughs> it's such a great scene, too. They're just, it's it's uh, Fury and Hill in the yeah. car, and then they just, you know, they just turn into scrolls, and you're like, what? How long? For what? Why? Um but they're still good guys, so it's not like they like killed him or anything. But um, it's it was quite a swerve. Very very good post credit scenes. So um, all right, we talked a lot about Spider Man, which is great, and we got one more here for this matchup: Thor Ragnarok. I'm gonna read you the um, storyline for Thor Ragnarok, and we'll talk about that one briefly. All right, so Thor is imprisoned on the other side of the universe and finds himself in a race against time to get back to Asgard to stop Ragnarok, the destruction of his homeworld and the end of Asgardian civilization at the hands of an all-powerful new threat, the ruthless Hela. So this is one we talked about that had made it through round one, um, Thor Ragnarok. Cassidy, uh, what do you think about Thor Ragnarok? So I'm almost positive I've seen the entire movie. It was yeah. a little while ago. Um, and I've, I know that I've tried to rewatch it before, but I never finished it. So I've at least seen the beginning <laughs> a bunch of times. Yeah, yeah. Um, however, I will say forever, Thor was always my favorite. Oh, okay. Just always. I don't know why. I think part of it is a little thing about me that I don't ever talk about is I'm obsessed with like mythology. Okay, yeah. I don't really get, I don't talk about it a lot, but it's something sure. that I really, really am interested in. Yeah, me too. I was actually in a class that uh, was talking about like their mythology in class when the movie came out. Oh, cool. So it really kind of like tied together and it was already something I'm into. So that just kind of makes it special to me. So I don't necessarily remember a lot from the movie, but just because he was always my favorite and I love the background of, of him and his history and who he is as like a character. Yeah. I don't know. I just think it's awesome. Yeah, it's great. We get some big moments in this one. Um, yeah. So Derek, what do you have? Anything? I don't want to go first. Go ahead. Yeah, I enjoyed the trip that we take with Thor all the way from like Thor 1 of him being cast out and unworthy and all that kind of stuff. And now Mjolnir gets destroyed and like he's got to figure out how to live without something that's been by his side for so many years. Yeah. Really discover like he's not the god of hammers. That's right. He's the god of thunder. That's good. Discovering like his true powers and his true strength. You know, Odin saying, no, you're stronger than me. Like that's just mind blown. Sure. Odin is supposed to be this like top dog all powerful God, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. Wait a second. We have um Jeff Goldblum is in this movie, which I forgot until I watched it or watched like the recap. <laughs> um the Grand Master is yeah. his name. Incredible character, basically playing Jeff Goldblum. 
so very good. Um, we also have Hulk in a, a bunch of this movie, which I again I'm, I'm into those like overlaps. So to have the Hulk here for much of this movie is really great. I like the more conversation that that the Hulk has. Yeah, I, yeah. I think in definitely in Avengers, it's just Hulk smash. Right. <laughs> this you actually you you get to know the Hulk a little bit more. Yeah, he's really stuck as the Hulk for a long time. I don't remember the the time frame, but he really is just Hulk for a long time, and it starts to change the way the Hulk works. Yeah. Corgan Meek is another really great element of this movie. One of the, the funny factors, really great. Um, and, and this is one of the things that I think Thor Ragnarok does differently than the other Thor movies. Um, they really lean heavily into the comedy here. Yeah. Um, to some people think too heavy into the comedy for a Thor movie, maybe. Um, so that's definitely something interesting. I think it was a great change of pace. Yeah, I would agree. Real great, great change of pace. Yeah. I definitely lean toward the funny ones. It helps tie in how he's moving into a guardian type setting. You know what I mean? Yeah, those are definitely more comedy based movies. Yep. So it helps kind of that transition, the transitional one. That's interesting. All right. So we got Spider-Man Far From Home and Thor Ragnarok. If you're faced with an Instagram poll right now, Cassidy, which one is getting your vote? I'm going to have to go with Thor Ragnarok. Both great movies. This is a tough one. It is. How about you, Derek? I think I'd have to go with Thor Ragnarok as well. I think it was All right. a lot to, to unseat it as well. I, I'm as I'm like navigating these conversations i'm planning like that I'm, I'm doing the graphics and i'm planning the conversations and I, then i forget to, when i get to this moment i'm gonna have to vote um <laughs> and I, I always forget to like think ahead i think i might go spider-man here um I'm going to go Spider-Man here. I think the reason is Valkyrie in, in Ragnarok. I just don't like her enough. Um, I think that's what it is. I think her being so integral to the movie and me not liking her as a character all that much. Um, I think that hurts it. Spider-Man has my vote. Okay. Interesting. (laughs) There's been a couple times where uh, I've been opposite sides from you guys. Yeah. All right. We've got one more matchup, um, one stinker and one heavy hitter. So we've got <laughs> Thor. <laughs> I know Derek's coming. He's going to bat for Thor. I feel like this is like almost like an unfair matchup. Oh yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> I'll get to my to my opinion when you ask for it. <laughs> it's tough to see these things out, but we got Thor versus Avengers Endgame. Um, I would be surprised if Endgame and Infinity War don't. At least get to the quarterfinals, uh, probably semifinals too. I don't know. It's a tough one. They're both great movies. Um, so Thor versus Avengers Endgame. Let me read on Thor, um, and we'll move through that one. The warrior Thor is cast out of the fantastic realm of Asgard by his father Odin for his arrogance and sent to Earth to live amongst humans. Falling in love with scientist Jane Foster teaches Thor much needed lessons and his newfound strength comes into play as a villain from his homeland sends dark forces toward Earth. That is Thor. I'm excited about talking about this with you guys because um, Dave and Alyssa, when I talked about Thor last time, they were not big Thor fans. I'm not so much either. Um, But Cassidy being a, a Thor fan and Derek, I know that you love this movie as well i'm excited to hear your perspective so cassidy what are your thoughts on thor oh see it's it's tough because like i said he was always like my favorite out of all of them and well and i also didn't watch any of his movies until after seeing avengers movies and like other like you know what i mean i and i i didn't watch any of the stuff in order like nothing lines up for how i did this but it was really like here are the avengers I picked a favorite, like, I, I, and I explained the reason for that, and then I kind of went back in and watched these after. Yeah. I think he's such a big part 
of the Avengers mm-hmm. that it's hard to put him up against a movie yeah. that's that he's also so important and because he's like pretty OG like yeah definitely you know like I don't know it's it's super tough it's super tough because I feel like you can't I can't knock his history movie like his history story his mm-hmm. you know yeah but you've you've said great things about Thor but you haven't said anything about the movie <laughs> so I think that that's a sign you know that's unfortunately. True. I don't know. He didn't have a strong movie. How about you, Derek? Any thoughts on Thor? It's one of the the first, you know. And there's a like in, yeah. in chronological, not in when they came out, but in chronological order, like sure. of the foundation of the current MCU. Number six. Yeah. So you're talking about yeah. You you got a lot of storyline. It's not the action that you know Infinity War and Endgame and the the later movies are. Um. But it's setting up a lot of the foundation for it. You find out who Thor is. I mean, even, uh, I mean, Jane Foster isn't too much in the rest of the movies, but you talk about Eric Selvig, you know what I mean? And he's yeah. integral in Avengers, mm-hmm. the first Avengers, you know what I mean? Working with the Tesseract and all that kind of stuff. And Loki too, which yeah. we didn't really talk about it all the first time we talked about it, but Loki is a huge deal. Yeah. And I'm not, I know there's a lot of people who are huge fans of Loki. I'm not, oh, okay. I'm not a Loki fan. <laughs> and yeah, there's not much of an actual bad guy per se. You know what I mean? If anything, I'd say the, almost the overall bad guy of this movie is Loki. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the Destroyer is just a machine. Right. Was sent by Loki, right? Correct. The Destroyer. Was, Am I remembering that? Yeah. It's just a machine. You know what I mean? It's no different than a, a gun per se. Yeah. I, well, so some of my thoughts on this are like, one of the reasons I don't like it is that the supporting cast is just not good. Um, especially the humans like Jane and Darcy. I I barely remembered their name. Elvig, like he is important, but I basically forgot he existed until I saw some recap stuff from Thor. Um, so it's just like, I just don't, I'm not into that cast. Um, the warriors three. So they're like, you know, Thor's as guardian support system. They're great. I, I think, um, but not really that memorable. Um, so just, it was just a dud of a movie for me. Um, but, you know, again, this is early in the franchise. They're getting their footing, figuring out who they are. Um, uh, Dave brought a great point that they tried to make this love story, and then they just find out they're not really good at love stories. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to find out somehow. So, And that is Thor. But we got Avengers Endgame, a huge deal. Um, Avengers Endgame, I'm going to read you the storyline here. It's a good one. After the devastating events of Avengers Infinity War, the universe is in ruins due to the efforts of the mad titan Thanos. With the help of remaining allies, the Avengers must assemble once more in order to undo uh, Thanos' actions and undo the chaos to the universe, no matter what consequences may be in store and no matter who they face. Endgame, Avengers Endgame. Cassidy, what are your thoughts on Avengers Endgame? Well, this is one of the ones that I remember the most because... Me too. I Yeah, you know, like, I feel like a lot of people probably would remember this one really well. Yeah. One of the most recent. Right, exactly, and that's part of the reason. I said this in the beginning, I love the Avengers movies because yeah. I just like, and I like having them together. I feel like this one gave a lot of answers, uh, like, answered a lot of unanswered stuff. Sure. And I also think that it was super emotional. Mm-hmm. I'm an emotional person the way it is. So, like, if yeah. a movie makes me cry a or, like, uh huh, yeah. <laughs> or, like, and also there was a lot of, like, I feel like there was a decent amount of humor in it, too. So, like, if I'm Definitely, laughing yeah. and I'm crying and I'm enjoying this movie, then, then I know it's good. I felt kind of complete with watching this. Like, yeah. feel like I was confident in, like, okay, this is, this is okay. You know what like I mean? A nice like, bow. 
Yes, <laughs> yes. The, probably the prettiest bow you can put on top of an MCU package. Yeah. Yeah. All right, how about you, Derek? Any thoughts on Avengers Endgame? Beautiful movie. Absolutely beautiful yep. movie. I think, like, the fact that the Avengers are now almost a whole army. Mm-hmm. You've got your core, but you've got an army of people who are fighting. Yeah. It's not just, you know, like the five or six people that are fighting to save the planet. You know what I mean? You're talking about, in all reality, it's like 1% or whatever. But still, you've got a yeah. lot of people who are, are putting their lives on the line just to save the planet. Um, and I love the final evolution of Tony Stark. Man, yeah. He's not a playboy anymore. He's settled down. He's got a daughter. You know, he's, he's not just going off to, you know, because I think, a, I think a, a younger Tony would have just been like, okay, let's do this. But now he's got his priorities. He's got to stay focused. And then going back to the girl power scene, you know, it's great to see that lineup just like storm yep. through the the front lines. <laughs> yeah. I liked Infinity Wars girl power moment a lot better, but uh, it's a really big part of the yeah. movie. Yeah. I think one of the advantages that Endgame has is that we it's like the payoff mm-hmm. for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Like, like even Thor, who has some other movies that weren't great, like he is a rock star. Iron Man, I didn't like his movies were. I liked him a lot more than most people did, but he is a rock star in this movie. So I'm gonna just. I got. If you want to hear all my thoughts, I live tweeted this the third time I went to see it in the movie theaters. I live tweeted <laughs> it, so I, all of my thoughts are on Twitter. Um, but I'll just run through some of the using your phone in the theater. That's true. I had it way down. Brightness was very very <laughs> light, so I could tweet. <laughs> um, so Marvel. Captain Marvel being OP, saving Nebula and Stark. I, I didn't love that. I just felt like too convenient. I think that like hey, she's OP, but she gets taught a real good lesson when Thanos takes one stone out and just power punches her out of the way. As OP as she is, he's yeah. got the stones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Thanos, when they like 10 minutes into the movie, they chopped his head off. I was like, what is this movie going to be about? <laughs> like, I thought the whole movie was going to be us chasing him. And it was very much not. Another like thing that I thought was a little too convenient was Ant-Man getting out of the quantum realm. They talk about how different, like um, Pym's wife was stuck in the quantum realm. They thought forever that she was just gone. And then a rat walks on the machine and <laughs> just spits Paul Rudd out of the quantum realm. Um, so that was kind of convenient. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's just one of those things that I'm like, I wish that piece fit a little better. That's like the whole, that's the whole train thing yeah, right, that you right. mentioned before. Like, it's very similar to that. Yeah, definitely. Um, Dr. Hulk, incredible. I love, mm-hmm. is it Dr. Hulk? Is that right? Professor Hulk? I don't remember what, what his name is. I don't remember. Anyway, having Hulk with glasses, really great. <laughs> Bro Thor, really great. Sad Hawkeye. I, I really don't care about Hawkeye until he yeah. starts going and murdering people. Then I'm excited about Hawkeye. But you lose your family, man. I mean, that can... That can mess you up. It change you, yeah. Yeah. They redo the elevator scene from Captain America. Yeah. And it's so yeah. good. What a great moment. Hulk hates stairs. Um, <laughs> I think there was just a lot of really good yeah. little chunks of things, like yeah. little nuggets of just like yep. not necessarily happy moments, but like as a as a viewer, sure. like a happy moment to like experience. Yeah. While we're pointing out little things that don't fit quite right, um, all this concern about pin particles, they're like, oh, we only have one left. Like, oh, I know where we can get some more. All that time travel stuff. They're like, we need these pin particles. And then Nebula somehow opens the portal to let a whole army in. And I'm like, I don't know quite how that worked. Well, it seemed a little, just like her little fingies. She had Pym particles. Like they had, because she didn't travel back. Well, like when she, so this is bad Nebula yeah, yeah, that yeah, comes yeah, yeah. to like present day. And she just sticks her fingers into the machine. And I'm like, 
that's what is that? That's nothing. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, on your left, an incredible moment. Look it up if you don't know anything about On Your Left. But um, really great, really oh, great. Yeah. Um, Stark. Stark has some good moments. Talking to his dad is amazing. Um, also. I, I hate to point out all these little things, but um, that Stark can create a gauntlet. That seems a little OP for Stark, um, you know, because to get the the place that they make the gauntlet is like the eye of a dead, the dying star or something. I don't know. It's like it's a big deal where they got where Thanos had to go to get the gauntlet. So the fact that Stark can just make one and then that Stark can just put him in his suit all of a sudden. I don't know. Didn't quite seem to add up. He was able to study that gauntlet quite a while that's a good point i mean that's a good point that helps while, but for some time he had he had some time to study the gauntlet yeah um also the way it sets up other things the asgardians of the galaxy like we talked about that transition earlier yes. amazing um falcon becoming the new captain america mm-hmm. amazing really great stuff all around incredible movie again it's it's kind of op because of all the the payoff happens you get to see steve rogers and penny together yes yes that just kills you at the end of captain america first avenger yep um i don't know how many times i skipped it but i've been skipping post-credit scenes um so (laughs) cassidy could you give us post-credits for (laughs) thor and for endgame well oh yeah i can give you thor but there is none oh that's right that's right yeah the hammering sound from iron man right that's about it which nobody knows what that means either so that's exciting i mean it's just kind of like a a great closing to a chapter because I think I think Iron Man one was the first installment in this MCU universe, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And so yeah, I don't recall. Great to just He's real early though. Get all back to you know the beginning. Yeah, I don't know. I want it to mean something, you know. <laughs> like so often they they tie things together so well. I, it could mean nothing. I'm gonna read into it until we know for sure. But <laughs> <laughs> so what are the uh, post credit scenes for Thor? Um, it says, foreshadowing the Avengers, Nick Fury welcomes Eric uh, Selvig yeah. to a S.H.I.E.L.D. facility and after showing him the Tesseract, asks him to investi- investigate the object further. Selvig agrees, revealing that his mind is being controlled by Loki. That's correct. That's a big deal as well. Great. So Thor is real early, real important, and then Endgame is real late, real, real, real important. So um, if you were faced with the vote today, Cassidy, you go on... Uh, Thor or Endgame? This is this is well the hardest one for me, hmm. um, for sure. All right, like through this whole thing, this is definitely the toughest one, um, just because Avengers Endgame is such a good movie. Like I thoroughly just enjoyed it, and I've watched it again. Yeah, you know, yeah. one of the it's one of those ones that you. And like you want to see it again? Wow, I disagree. I love that for you, but <laughs> for me, it is not one that I want to see again. No, no. Oh, see, for me, I was like, yeah. I've watched Thor recently, and I've I've watched it a few times actually. Wow. All right. So, what are you going, Cassidy? I'm I'm stuck. I'm. <laughs> it's really hard. This is one of those things where I'm gonna go wherever my thumb is closest to on the pole because <laughs> it's right. so hard. Because I I seriously enjoyed Endgame so much, but I. I don't know if I really just like Thor as a character right? or if I really like and, and like just like his backstory. I don't know that I necessarily love that particular movie, Sure. but I almost I don't want to knock my favorite character's original movie. I get it. So I'm stuck. I think this is more about movie than yeah. character. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think I have to go with 
if that's the case, I'm going to have to go with Endgame just because I think it's a better movie. Yeah. So. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. How about you, Derek? Honestly, I have the same struggle right now as Cassidy. Wow. Like, I, yeah. I think, I think the word, like, if it wasn't for the foundation, there wouldn't be an endgame. Yep. If it wasn't for that bad movie, there wouldn't be such a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do a hot, I'm just going to do a hot take. I'm going to go Thor. I love that for you. I love that for you. I'm going to do that one person, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm absolutely going endgame. So uh, I appreciate that, those perspectives though. I think it's funny that we, the first time we talked about Thor, it was just a, I was dumping on Thor and now we've got some Thor fans. So I'm glad we have that, that varied perspective. Yeah. It's such a tough, in my mind, it's such a tough um, rivalry between the two. Yeah. You know I mean, like, you've got, yeah. like, one of the very first movies, and then you've got this beautiful, like, what, two-and-a-half-hour movie? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, that's true, and I want to point out something else, too. Like, the the quality and, like, just, like, I feel like the, the money that goes into Definitely. it and, like, yep. all of that is different. It's so different. So, like, of course... Hard to compare. The Thor movie is not going to be as good because it's it's a, a lower-budget, earlier movie. Yeah. It's old, It's an older movie. Yeah. Avengers Endgame was so recent, and they had... They have already built this entire thing, and they have this whole, like you said, like this just massive universe of stuff happening, and so many fans to please. That Endgame was the perfect bow on that, and so it's not a good comparison. Yep, it's, really it's a not. tough one, but that's what this whole thing is about. Tough not, matchups. This is not cool. They're only gonna get tougher as the bracket pro- progresses as we fill it out. So thank you so much for joining us today, round two of Bracketology MCU, an Apex Quarantine production. Uh, We're signing off right now. I'm Pastor Chris. I'm Cassidy. I'm Derek. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.